Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fellas. Welcome to episode 43. In this episode, we're giving you the questions you should ask yourself if you're thinking about full-time RVing. More people than ever have started RVing in the last three years. And a lot of them have quit. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure you know what you're doing. (laughs) No, but do you have stats on how many have quit? I bet you quite a few. No, I did not look up how many quit. I just looked up um, (laughs) RV sales. And um, 2021, there was over 600,000 new RVs sold. And then this year, they're projecting almost 600,000 new RVs sold. Actually slowed down this year. We have two other episodes that might be good to listen to as well, if you're thinking about this. And that's episode 37, where we discuss why you shouldn't RV. And episode 32, where we discussed all the questions people ask us about RVing. Before we start with the list, we'd love it if you followed us on Instagram or Facebook. You can sign up for emails at thefaolas.com slash email. And the show notes for this episode can be found at thefaolas.com slash 43. All right, so get a piece of paper. At the top, I need you to write pros. And at the other side, I need you to write cons and draw a line down the middle. Then you can tally up your answers and... uh See if this is something you should think about doing. (laughs) Okay, so number one question you should ask yourself. How long are you planning on living in an RV? Well, we had a plan. When we started, we were like five years, right? Mm -hmm. This is our third year, and we could probably do five years still. more Five more years, I should say. Yes. So in our plan, uh, we planned on five years, and at the end of that five years, we didn't care like the TVs we had would we would need new TVs. We would need new couches. We need new like all the things pretty much. So we did keep things that were sentimental to us, but for the most part we got rid of everything that we had. We have one storage unit that has like everything in it. Yeah. One like trailer, closed yeah. trailer yep. that has stuff in it. Um so the reason why I think this is a good question for you to ask is if you plan on doing this part-time or only doing it for six months or something, you may not want to get rid of everything. Yeah. If you're doing it part-time, you may want to keep a house or a home base where you can go back to when you're not RVing. Um, and then finally, if you're doing this as like a weekender camper, which those are awesome too. I, All of these are awesome choices, by the way. Um, whatever is perfect for your family is perfect. <laughs> and um, if you're a weekender though, I recommend probably not getting rid of anything. And this is probably not (laughs) going to be a podcast for you. This is mostly for people that are thinking about doing this full time. Maybe not even for people thinking about doing this part time. Yeah. Like a Um, snowbird or anything like that. Yeah. Because those people are going to keep a lot of things. You're not going to have to give up everything. Like most of these questions are. Um, Yeah. In that case, you're just taking stuff on the road with you that you think you might need. And then you're coming back. Yep, and changing out those things or whatever. So if you're thinking about doing this full-time, that's the first question you need to ask yourself um, because all the other questions and all the other things depend on that answer. And also plan on your plans changing. Yes, for sure. Once you start this life, if this is something that really lights your soul on fire, which did for us, Um, It may be something that you want to do longer. Um, So like for us, we have that storage unit, for example, that enclosed trailer. And, you know, now we're looking at five more years and who knows how long after that. Some of that stuff might not even be worth it. Like we kept Kylie's bed, which we probably didn't need to do, (laughs) but we did at the time um, because it was like brand new bed. It was really nice. So we had it like sealed up and, you know, whatever in plastic so that it's protected and we kept it. But the longer we're out on the road, <laughs> the less likely she is going to use that that bed. Um, so those are things to think about uh, when you're storing stuff. Question two. What do you have to give up to live in your RV and travel? So, for example, do you have to give up your house? 
Do you have to give up friends, hanging out with your friends? Do you have to give up family? I mean, you could possibly see new friends and family, you know, in different spots that have moved, you know, away in a different state so you can stop and see them. But these are all things that you possibly will have to give up that you have to think about before doing this. Unless your friends or family are V2. Yeah. <laughs> then you can go meet yeah, up Unless with you them. can talk them into doing it. <laughs> Another thing is work. Um, you know, remote work is amazing, but if you don't do remote work, do you have to give it up? Tony had to give up his job. So those are all things that we had to think about before making the decision to do this is the things that we have to give up to make this our life. And is it, is it worth it? And we talk about some of these things in some of those other podcasts I mentioned as well, but things like community, you know, like your neighborhood community, uh, school, homeschool. I mean, are you homeschooling already? You probably are going to have to homeschool or road school or, you know, that's all falls under homeschool, but you're not going to be able to send your kids to public school (laughs) or private school when you're out on the road, unless it's maybe online. You have to have some sort of virtual school plan or something like that. So think of the things you have to give up. Number three, are you healthy enough to live on the road full time? This is a good one because um, some people are always like, Oh, that is, I'm going to do that life when I retire or I'm going to do that, you know, after X happens. Someday. Someday. (laughs) Well, someday you may not be healthy enough to do it and that will be sad. Um, So that's number one. That's like part one of this question is, um, you know, making sure that you're healthy enough to do it. But number two is. Are you like on some kind of treatment that you have to get done like all the time? Are you a regular prescription that you have to have filled medicines? I mean, you can kind of make those things work on the road, um, but it's going to be much harder. Um, I know a few people that are on like painkillers and stuff like that. And those are really hard to get transferred to different locations. Not every drugstore will do that. (laughs) So um, think about that. And then on that same kind of area is, um, do you have insurance or what kind of insurance do you need to be on the road? And this goes for health insurance. Uh, Make sure your health insurance allows you to go all across the country um, or world if you're traveling outside of the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And then number two, not really health related, but I don't think I mention it anywhere else. Make sure you have the correct insurance on your rig as well. Yeah. That doesn't really go with this one, but I don't think I have it anywhere else, so I'm just going to throw it in here, too. (laughs) Uh, Make sure that you're getting the correct insurance for your rig. If you have to have regular doctor's appointments, it's going to be hard. I mean, for example, right now my kids need a dentist appointment. (laughs) We are past due on our dental cleaning. And holy smokes. like It is impossible. Yeah, I got a call back from a dentist I left a message with, and they are not accepting new patients. He did refer me to one. It's in the same area, but we're going to be gone by the time the appointment's uh, available. So, Yeah. And Tony called, what, 10 places the other day? Roughly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is something to think about. We're going to try again when we get down to Arizona. But at that point, we're going to be about a year past due. Yeah. <laughs> and you're supposed to go every six months. So that's a little bit of a bummer. So think that out. If you have to have regular doctor's appointments, it's going to be... A hard one. Now, cool thing is, like, some appointments that you have are can be teledoc, which is great for us. Which we've used before. And also um, Zoom. You know, some doctors will do Zoom calls with you. Yep. All right, number four. What type of RV do you want, and how big do you need it to be? And this has a lot of, like, questions, sub-questions. Yeah. <laughs> Just start off by saying there's really no such thing as, like, the perfect RV for this lifestyle or for your family. You kind of have to make it perfect. Yep. And so you should go look at all the RVs. Yeah. (laughs) Go to an RV show. Go to some RV dealerships and check them out. You know, we have motorhomes. There's Class A's, Class B, Class B+, Class C, uh, Class Super C. Yep. Uh, You have your vans. I mean, you have so many different options. And really, to pick that, it's not just your family that you think of, but you do need to think of that, how many people are going to be in this. Um, but also, 
um, you know, like where are you going to be traveling with yep. it? Along with all the different classes of RVs, um, we also have gas or diesel that you'd have to choose from yeah. as well. And towable. You know, those are the motorhomes. Those are where we kind of like. <laughs> we like the motorhomes. But you also have your towables. You have your fifth yep. wheels. You have your trailers, your airstreams. And then. If you're hardcore, like your teardrops. Yeah. And then what kind of vehicle do you need to get to tow those? Um, when choosing your RV, you also need to think about how small you need to downsize. You know, some people need to go with that big old fifth wheel and the like bunk room that. <laughs> yeah, you get into like the closed door and stuff. Yeah, forty-five foot toy hauler that you can you know you convert the rear to a bedroom. It has like a mid bunk. They have some pretty sweet layouts. Mm-hmm. But, but they're huge. Another thing to consider is the size. <laughs> and what I was going to say is um, the style of RVing you're going to do. If you're going to do a lot of boondocking, the bigger the rig you get, the l more limited you are in the places that you can stay. Yes. Like we've so, just recently encountered that, um, not ourselves, but just going through some of these campgrounds, you can see that they're definitely not set up for that big of a rig. This third part of this question is how much are you willing to downsize? Uh, you have your, on the big end, you have your 45 foot, whatever it is, 42 foot. Uh, and you can stuff it full of a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Fifth wheel with like a extra room bunkhouse. You can have like toys for your kids in there, whatever. You also have the toy haulers, which are big and you yep. can have that hole back in to do whatever. Um, they probably, and I don't know for sure, but depending on what's pulling them, you can have more stuff in them as well, mm -hmm. weight-wise. Mm -hmm. And then you have on the other end a conversion van <laughs> where you can barely have anything. That's uh, like real minimalist life. Yeah. So you need to you need to decide on where you're going to downsize. And you know what? That'll probably change. You're going to start off with way too much stuff, and then you're going to downsize and downsize and downsize to find your perfect spot. Yep. And if you are selling your house and you don't want to get rid of all of your stuff, then you buy your cargo trailer or your storage unit or... Yep, exactly. And what at what size do you need? You know, like yep. that's another thing that you need to ask yourself. You know, if you have a lot of furniture and you don't know for sure if this lifestyle is going to be your thing and you don't want to get rid of everything, then you're going to want to store all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, because if you're only on the road for six months, that's going to be a bummer to buy everything. Yeah, so think about storage options when you're downsizing. And how much, you know, like what size RV or trailer yeah. you need to get. On top of that, though, is this question that we keep hinting to as we're answering this, and that's where you want to RV. Uh, do you want to RV in this country? Are you going to want to travel outside of the country, Mexico, Canada? Um, are you going to be traveling to other countries and storing your RV while you're doing that. There's a couple of people we follow that they actually have an RV here and they store it and then they'll travel, you know, abroad. And then they come back and get their trailer. So in those situations, you have to think about what you're leaving in your trailer and like how big, how big of a storage space you want to keep it. If you're just traveling in the United States or in like United States, Mexico, Canada area, then you open up your options to mm, a lot more. Definitely. A lot more space. Also, off-road. <laughs> if you want to be traveling off-road, you know, Class A is probably not your best option. <laughs> Even though we do, we probably shouldn't, but... We don't go as off-road, though, as we would like to. If I we mean, had something yeah. more off-road, we just had a campsite the other day that we couldn't go to, which I was mad about. Yeah. I was like, are you sure? Yes, Kristen. Oh, I think we can make it work. No, Kristen. Are you sure? I feel like our RV is a lot more smaller, or what is that, nimble is the word I'm looking for, yeah. <laughs> until I actually see you, like, backing into a space or whatever, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, that's much bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm more willing to go a little bit more extreme than you are. Yeah. So I think you reel me in a little bit on some of the spots. <laughs> Which is good. Except for that one. Yeah, I think we would have fit. That was a really cool spot, so I was, like, willing to throw our RV under the bus to get there. <laughs> throw our RV under the bus? That's weird, because our RV is a bus. Other things you have to think about when you're, you know, do you want to do a lot of boondocking? Do you want to be in a lot of campgrounds? Campgrounds are a lot smaller. 
<laughs> than boondocking areas, but then also boondocking can be much smaller too. If you're boondocking out west, you can get bigger spots. Yeah. Uh, but we've found a lot of boondocking spots that are actually really tiny. Yeah, we pass by a lot of cool spots that we, you know, because they're just not accommodating to a, even if we have a 36 foot. Yep. Do you plan on staying in the sun, 70, 70 degrees, or do you need something that's like multi season? And I think even those are still cold, but like, are you going to be winter camping? <laughs> Eek. <laughs> Who does that? No, really. People do. And they like, if you want to do skiing or stuff like that, you're going to want a, a warmer type of rig. Yeah. They do make um, four season RVs. Yeah. I mean, even right like a factory. schoolie, like you can really make that way more yeah, insulated. Especially, yeah. Especially if you're doing it yourself, you can, you can go crazy with the insulation. And I've seen people put, like, wood stoves in there and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that thing probably gets hot as heck. Yep. <laughs> Another thing to consider, how much do you plan on moving? Mm-hmm. I was actually just reading something on somebody that we follow. Um, they're in a van right now, and they were complaining that it is actually a big struggle when they have to, because they ha- they're in a van, and they have to, whenever they need anything, they have to leave. All, everyone does, mm-hmm. which would be a real big pain if you think about it. You know, you get to a campground, you have family, you have kids, dogs, you get everything set up, and then you need milk yeah. <laughs> or something, you know? You're going to have to take all that down and if the kids and the family can't stay there and wait then everyone's getting back in the van and leaving yeah so um that is something to think about uh you know in our situation we have a class a that we tow another vehicle which is nice because then we can leave the class a which we actually took a long trip um when we still lived in michigan had a house we took a long almost two thousand mile vacation with just the rv and um, I will say, being without a vehicle, a second vehicle, was kind of awful. Yeah, because you get all set up and then you need stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that's something to think about. Same thing with, like, the fifth wheel trailer option. You know, your vehicle is the truck that's pulling those. Yeah. So if you're moving, if you need to move a lot, I know that I follow somebody else. They have a trailer on their move days where they're stopping somewhere. They like to have, like, a pull-through site because they don't want to have to unhook everything. Mm-hmm. So those are all things to think about. If you plan on moving a lot more, um, we easily could do a one week or even a few days. I mean, I don't like it because of work-related. I have to get my computer out and everything. It's kind of a pain. Um, But if I did not have to do that, we easily could pull in somewhere, put our jacks down, and be set up and then leave the next day. That's no big deal for us. It's super easy um, for the Class A, at least. This would be a little bit harder to do, you know, if you have like a trailer and you have to get out and move your jacks and get everything situated. We don't even, we can literally set the entire RV up from inside most of the time, unless Tony's being very picky. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Which is most of the time, actually. (laughs) So those are things to think about. You think like the van would probably be the easiest option, but then you have to think about, you know, every single day moving may not be very fun. Yeah. Some people bring along a motorcycle or e-bike. That's an option if you're going to kind of settle in, but you need to do a little bit of traveling, um, something to consider. Yeah, you can do the e-bike instead of moving your whole vehicle. Another thing, are you going to need a camping membership or multiple memberships? There is a ton out there, different... um, Different camping organizations. You got KOA, you have Thousand Trails, Good Sam. I mean, there's a huge list of RV memberships that you can get into. So, And some of those memberships offer discounts for other memberships. Yeah. <laughs> so think about that. Like, for example, um, you know, Escapees has a discount for Harvest Host and stuff like that. So um, when you are looking at all the different memberships, look at their benefits because a lot of times like you'll get benefits for other memberships as well yep also when you're trying to decide what rig you need are you going to buy new or pre-owned there's definitely pros and cons to that Mm -hmm. we bought ours brand new uh we actually used it only a couple times before the season was over and we broke some stuff i mean there was actually just things wrong with it when we bought it apparently Mm -hmm. 
so the it was under warranty. So we gave it back to the dealer to fix. They had it for a long time, which wasn't a big deal because it was winter. And we were in Michigan. And we, yeah, we were in Michigan. We had our house. Um, so benefit was warranty. Con was they had it for a long time. So if that had been, uh, you know, in season or peak season camping, we'd have been bumming. Which we actually broke a lot of stuff over the next couple years under warranty. They fixed it. Um, that was several years ago. They didn't really, it wasn't really a problem getting it done in a timely manner. But nowadays, it's, it's like a real hard, struggle yeah. to get stuff fixed at a dealership. And also I'm finding that a lot of people are complaining about their brand new rigs having issues. <laughs> yeah, like more than normal. I think it's always been kind of a normal thing because they just make these things so fast. But, but now uh, they're, well, they were. I think it's slowing down a little bit now. But yeah. um, they were making them so fast. So there's like this huge batch of crappy RVs out there. Yeah. <laughs> people. And so if you're buying a used, sometimes those all those bugs are um, like fixed. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to fix them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and probably in the next couple of years, you're probably going to see a, a used RV market kind of flooded with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Pandemic buys that nobody used. <laughs> As much as they thought they were going to. For sure. The reason why we bought new, I should say this, um, because, you know, it's kind of weird. We just said that it's probably better to get a used. Um, couple reasons. Number one, we were looking for something specific. We wanted a bunkhouse. Well, not a bunkhouse. Well, yeah, I guess it's a bunkhouse. They call know. it the bunkhouse, yeah. Yeah. Bunk beds for our kids because we didn't want to have to put down their space every day. We wanted them to have a specific space that's theirs. So we wanted bunks. We wanted a class A and I think that's about it that we like we're for sure wanting full size fridge, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so we were not able to find that actually uh, in a used vehicle. We yeah. were looking at diesel. We weren't able to find any diesels at the time. Yeah. The bunkhouses were, yeah, were very, very far and few between and they were all way out in like Arizona, California. Or very old. Like and, yes, exactly. 15 years old. And we just weren't ready to go that old. We wanted it to be used, but we didn't want it to be that much older. Yep. The reason is, is we had a farmhouse that we lived in <laughs> and I had, it was a fixer upper. It was a good decision. I'm going to stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony hated it a lot. He had to fix a lot of things in it and do a lot of repairs. So that was the one thing he's like, I do not want to move into some RV and do repairs because yeah. I just did that for however many years. We were Eight in the years house. <laughs> six days. So uh, he didn't want to do any repairs. So we pretty much had to find something that was, for the most part, fixed up. And yep. that was just impossible because there was, an, at the time, there were no bunkhouses on the market yep. unless they were super far away or they were really old, like 15 years old. And yeah. then the bunks were like weird. Yep. Yeah, because it was like old school. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if we're in Michigan, the RVs in Arizona, you have to fly out there, check it out. Especially then, we didn't really know anything about them. So we could have yeah. bought a, you know, a real junker and not known it. And then, what, drive it back and then be extremely disappointed with our expensive purchase. So that's another hard thing if you're looking at RVs no, far I mean, away. Yeah. yeah. Now, though, like, once you're actually on the road... It is easier to do that. <laughs> like right now, if you had to fly across, be like, no big deal. Like, yeah. <laughs> go do it. Because now we're used to driving. Mm -hmm. Back then it was like, wait, what? <laughs> Drive across the country? That seems like Yeah, a it was crazy very idea. intimidating. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that start out with the thing that fits you the most at the time with maybe the possibility of changing it. I mean, I we follow a bunch of people that change all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're... We're not changing. We're happy with this, and we're in it for the long run. <laughs> Even if we're not happy with it, we're in it. <laughs> um, we've already started remodeling it, though, so Tony did not get out of that. I do want to plug <laughs> that in. <laughs> but this but is, he is dragging his feet. This is why it takes eight years, because you drag your feet. Yeah. We could have been done. We fixed the siding of our house. This was That was the most. I have to plug this in there. The most depressing part about the house was 
We actually did a lot of cool remodeling. Well, we completely renovated the inside of the house. Yeah, so we changed windows around and we changed doors around on a few spots. And so the outside of the house was kind of like patched together. Yeah. <laughs> because we just kind of like put siding there. We removed there. a huge porch. Yeah. And so we just kind of put siding on just to protect the house while we were dry- trying to decide like all the other things. Um, and then the side, the outside just kept getting put at the like at the bottom of the list like we kept doing other things inside the house and we ended up doing the siding like the month we left no and it, it was a few so, months it i was, don't think it so. was the summer that we decided that we were gonna sell <laughs> it was like two months before we left yeah it was depressing because it looked so good and then i'm like oh no we're leaving it <laughs> it was the perfect color great trim yeah they did a great job yep all right back to the list uh, another thing you need to ask yourself is your budget for an RV. When you're choosing the type of RV you want, you need to think about your budget. This is yep. probably your first thing you should think about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Put this in the first. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, I, I guess yeah. a big thing to consider, if you're going to buy a brand new RV, uh, even and to, to finance it or even just buy it outright, an RV is a depreciating asset. Mm-hmm. So as Just soon like as you, car. yep, as soon as you drive it away from the dealer, the value goes down. Even though it's like the price of a house, yeah, <laughs> it does not act like it, a house. Yep, and it continues to go down until there's a pandemic, and then the prices go up, even though it's not worth anymore. <laughs> yes, we should have sold during the pandemic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, prices right now are higher than they normally will be. And I would assume they will go down Yeah. as, you know, we get farther away from 2020. Uh, so that's something to think about as well if you're looking for something. Yep. Another question to ask is, will you need to work from the RV? This is very important when you're thinking about all the other questions because it will depend on your, like, if you need internet, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you are traveling for internet. Uh, do you we actually have a, pa- a podcast on that. Yeah. Episode 39. Yeah, there we go. Uh, oh, I put that in the notes. No, I did. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> Had to throw it in there. Good job, babe. Do you need a dedicated workspace? Do you need, like, you know, for video zooming? What are your things that you need mm-hmm. for working? Yeah, what, kind of, what quality internet do you have? Because some people can get by with okay internet while others need fast internet for zoom calls and all that stuff also what days are you traveling like if you plan on moving a lot that's going to be very hard if you're working i'm just mm-hmm. going to warn you right now that's like one of my complaints is when tony has a lot of move days during the week um you know we can if he's boondocking it's okay because we can work during the day and then yep. we can travel at night but that's still very very frustrating yeah i try not to plan um RV stays and moves at a campground during the week mm-hmm. because campgrounds, you know, you typically have an 11 or 12 o'clock checkout right in the middle of a work day. Those are like all my calls. Are at yeah. That so <laughs> um, if it, if I absolutely have to, I do, but typically, you know, we try to move on a Friday, Monday, and sometimes the weekends. Yep. And on top of that, like, you know, just if you, we, I have a dedicated like work area. And I have a computer and all of that. Monitor. Yeah. So I have to get that out if I want to work on that. I do have a laptop that I can work remotely, but I hate doing it. So I normally, and, and I don't work as well when I'm on my laptop because I can't see everything. I just like the monitor better. So when you have, when we're moving every single day, it's kind of a hassle because I'm getting all that stuff out every single day, working and then doing whatever. So our sweet spot is like at least a week. Yeah. But Definitely two weeks is where it, I like it, to be. Yeah, I'd say seven days or longer. It doesn't feel like such a burden to put everything away, mm-hmm. you know, and move and then get it all back out. So, yeah, and if I have to use, you know, my laptop over the weekend, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And just getting it out the one time, not like five times. Another question to ask yourself, where is your address going to be? There are a lot of states that are RV friendly for setting up addresses South Dakota, Texas, Florida come to mind. There's others as well. We actually have a podcast on this, episode 25, yep. where we go into detail on what we do for mailing 
And I think we have another podcast about how we chose, why we chose Texas, but I don't know what that number is. So I'm sure we say it in episode 25. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's kind of in our full time journey series, I guess. Uh, but we chose Texas. They have really good homeschool laws, and then they have the escapees in in Texas, and there's no taxes. So yeah. all those reasons, we're good. <laughs> yeah, because if you sell your house. You're going to need a domicile somewhere. You're going to have to have somewhere the, to have your driver's license, you know, legal mailbox, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You have to have an address somewhere. <laughs> so. Which is weird, but. Well, you have to have a license to drive. So I guess technically maybe you don't have to have an address if you're not driving. Yeah. But how are you going to do RVing if you can't drive? I don't know. <laughs> If you live uh, in a boondocking spot off grid, you don't have to have a license, probably. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that is a good that's a good question to ask yourself, and that'll take a little bit of research to figure out the perfect spot for you. Mm-hmm. Just to get you started in the research department, I would say t- um, Texas and South Dakota are good locations for um, escapees. Oh. If you want to use escapees, they both have no taxes, I think. I think South Dakota has no taxes. Not sure on that one. I think so. And um, Texas has good homeschool laws. And I think South Dakota is not too bad, but I'm not sure on their laws as well. Texas is really good, though, for homeschool. Florida has no taxes. They have escapees. Um, Their homeschool is a little bit more, you have to have like a... They have more rules for it. more rules. So um, look into that. We actually have a podcast on homeschooling. So (laughs) check that out if you're interested. Um, but I would recommend those three states. So start there, and if they don't work for you, go elsewhere. Another option is family. You can always use family as an address. They're free, which is great. Um, <laughs> they're a lot easier to work with. Sometimes, as long as I they guess. don't mind, you know, getting yeah. mail and sending mail and getting packages and sending packages. But depending on where they live, you have all those rules. So you have to pay the taxes there. You have to do all of that. I really like Texas because I don't have to worry about the taxes, which is nice. And if you can pick anywhere, why not pick a state with no taxes? Just Hmm. saying. Okay. Another big question. Are you comfortable learning new things? For me, it was um, learning how to fix an RV. Plumbing, electrical chassis suspension you name it septic uh yeah that goes a, <laughs> that's a subcategory of plumbing <laughs> i've pretty much um been in every part of this rv mm-hmm. doing something maintenance or repairs or remodeling um route planning is another one that's mm-hmm. that's all like a <laughs> interesting thing i did it in the beginning tony does it now Um, but it's hard. It's hard to like always be planning where you're going to go. Um, and we don't plan too far ahead. I did when I, (laughs) when I was doing it, I think I had like seven, eight months planned out, but it was almost all parks. Yeah. And Tony does a lot of boondocking spots, which we like better. Um, so he's normally, I think we're right now booked like maybe a couple weeks out. I mean, as of right now, we're kind of booked out through the end of October. Our winter, we had booked out several months, um, but then once we really started getting out of Florida and started traveling, it was like we were maybe two to three weeks booked out ahead of time. Yeah, it just kind of depends a, on if you need to do more campgrounds or not. There was actually a, a week or two where we were moving on the fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a little stressful. It was. It, that can be stressful. So this is just like, it's like a something you have to learn. You're not used to this <laughs> if you don't. I mean, it's different than planning a vacation. You know, like, oh, I can do that. I planned our week vacation and it was so much fun. This is totally different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're planning every single day of your year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you don't have to, I mean, I'm not saying you have to do that. Like you can definitely live a little bit more on the fly, but it's much more stressful, especially if you have a bigger rig, you know, if you have a van, you can go anywhere and that's not a big deal. You can just pull into, you know, a parking lot if you have to. Um, so that's a lot different, but we have a big class a, we can't just, you know, park on the side of a city. Yeah, There's nothing (laughs) stealth about this. So yeah, you can't, you know, stop on the side of the road or 
you know, a small pull off or anything like that. We actually have to find some place that can really accommodate a big rig. Yep. So those are two things that you need to learn. You need to learn a lot of different things, but those are two that come to mind. Another one, budgeting. Yes. This can get out of control real quick. Uh, you are living. Okay. So I'm going to brag a little bit. I always feel weird talking about this because I feel like I'm bragging, but this life is pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I just cannot explain that enough. And I don't mean to brag if you're not an RVer and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, she just brags all the time. And I don't mean to, really, I don't. But this life really is amazing. You're in the most amazing spots and doing some really cool things. And it's really hard to separate yourself from the thought of vacationing because it does feel like a vacation. You're mm-hmm. you're doing this, like for our kids, it doesn't. For our kids, they're young and they've been doing this for now two years. They've already gotten, like, it feels like normal life to them. Yeah, they're like, oh, another huge mountain, big deal. Yeah, another national park. And we're like, whoa, look at that. And you're like, <laughs> we, Tony and I are like, yes, a national park, yeah. our 23rd national park or whatever, you know. We get super excited and the kids are just like, yay. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. They get excited, but not near as excited as yeah. us. Um, so this, it's really hard to separate yourself from the vacation th- mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're on vacation, you normally spend more money than you normally would. Yep. You go to those extra diners and those restaurants and you try the food in the area and you're, you know, you're spending a lot of money. And so it's hard to make sure that you're staying in budget. Yep. That uh, also applies to RV parks. If you're not set up to boondock or if you don't, if you don't know anything about it, RV parks can get pretty pricey. Yes. And, <laughs> Not uh, for us, because I have a hard limit. <laughs> um, <laughs> 35 I think, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've paid more, but reluctantly. Rarely. But, How I many mean, times? Twice, maybe? Maybe, yeah. But some, years? you know, RV parks can get into the one to two, three hundred dollar range per night, depending on where you're at and what kind of luxury resort it is. We just found one last night that was really cool. Um, it was right on, where was that? Port Townsend. Yeah, that's what it was, Port Townsend. And they were $60 a night. And that's way more than I normally would spend. I'd probably be willing to spend that for a couple nights um, because of the location. Yeah, it was like right on the marina. So if we planned on doing, you know, whale watching or something, and, you know, we had to leave our dogs. It'd be perfect. For yeah. That. You don't have to travel away mm-hmm. to go on the trip, which is usually, I think. Three hours. Yeah. Or so. Three, four hours, something like that. So something to consider. Yeah. How much are you willing to spend a night or per week or per month, you know, depending on where you're going to go and how long you're going to stay? We should do that. We should budget out an amount because we get so many free spots. <laughs> that we would have a nice budget that we could actually say, okay, yeah. we could spend $60. Yeah, true. Because, I, you know, I, I would be like, oh, I feel better about spending that money because we have it there. But now I'm like $60, even though I've literally paid zero for the last five months. Yeah, I think we've spent on RV parks year to date, probably uh, definitely less than a thousand bucks. Yeah, which is crazy. Which I think the first year we spent 5000 yeah, yeah. And the second year, maybe even. Last year, we did really good, too. Last year, we had, like, how many days of free nights? 300? 300. Yeah, 300-something nights free. Yep. And that includes so, our 1,000 Trails membership. Which we do pay for, so that would come yeah. out of that budget, technically. Yep. Okay. Anyways, what other questions? So, yeah, just being comfortable learning new things um, or being comfortable paying for all those things. Yeah. Maintenance. It, and, and to be honest, like, it's not just about paying for it either. I should say, Tony had mentioned, you know, the time. It is practically impossible for us to be without our RV for yeah. more than a day. Yeah, we're actually waiting on glass replacement. And it's, it's taken probably longer than normal one, because communication and stuff like that with our insurance and the glass company has been kind of spotty. But before we found, but actually our insurance company found a mobile repair or thankfully. replacement, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. But before Which, that. by the way, that was really awesome of them. Did you ask them for that? No. Yeah. Really they good. did it on their own because I, we had communicated back and forth about um, where we were going to be and we're moving, you know, every so often. She went out on her own and found this guy that's going to do it for us. Um, but 
before the mobile thing, it was going to take an entire day. We had to take our RV and drop it off. So even that was like hassle, but that would be much easier than multiple days or weeks or months. I mean, we follow somebody that has been what, four months without their RV. I think so. Yeah. That's insane. Like they actually had to rent a house or apartment or something. I think they did. Which would be awful. Not just because you have to rent something. You may not have that like budgeted out um, to do something like that. But Mm -hmm. the second part is you have to be stuck in one spot. (laughs) That's like the worst part for me. probably a place you don't like. Yeah, that's that's the worst part for me is being stuck in one area for four months. Yeah, learn how to do things yourself. Yep, or be prepared to (laughs) wait for somebody to fix it. One other question or actually our last question (laughs) that we have. Who's coming with you? Can you travel in a small space with your family? (laughs) This is so funny because before we we got an RV, we used to tell people all the time we're doing this. And the number one response was... How can you be with your family for that long? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had like co-workers and other people just like, random people that we'd be talking to about it yeah. they'd say that like like oh, i went I on can... a vacation for, with my family for two weeks and i wanted to murder them at the end yeah or like i just could never be i mean good for you that sounds amazing i could never be with my kids that yeah. long like wow yeah maybe it's the parent <laughs> yeah. that's causing the problem here uh and is this a side note i have loved every moment living with my family in this RV. (laughs) Not one time have I been like, this RV is too small. (laughs) Not one time I felt that way. So Me either. I just find the door. (laughs) You go for a walk. Yep. (laughs) Which doesn't happen actually. No. Ever. So (laughs) you're just being funny. But no, really. Do you fight with your husband all the time or your wife? Do you fight with your kids? Do your kids fight with each other? Are Mm -hmm. they older and they fight with each other? Like, you need to make sure that um, you have that all in check because it's going to be way worse when you get into yeah. a small RV. Yeah, if you want to cram everybody into a smaller space and try to make them happy. No, it's going to be kind of happy at first because it is a vacation life, I'm telling you. It feels like vacation most of the time. Uh, so that alone will make you happier. <laughs> but you're still in a really small area. So you're going to, every, all the problems that you have are going to be maximized. Yep. So that's the first one. Second step, or second part of that question is, how many kids do you have and can you all fit? Now, we see a lot of big families mm-hmm. on the road. What's that? I think that one has like, what, six kids, seven kids? I mean, we've seen eight, 10, 12 kids. Uh, no, but I've seen I've seen families of eight all the time. There's yeah. multiple families that have lots of kids on the road. Um, they just have bigger rigs than an Airstream. That mm-hmm. would be pushing it. But uh, just think that out, how many kids you have and how many members in your family that are going to be RVing. Yep. Also, if you have kids, um, you have to plan on, how you're going to do schooling. Some people do road schooling or unschooling, which is great. Um, and that's an option that is kind of like you have maybe some school books like activity type books, but a lot of the learning happens in real life. So when you're cooking dinner, you have your kids help you and they learn measurements and they learn recipes and they learn science. If you know Mm -hmm. the way things interact with each other. Um, that's called chemistry chemistry whatever um there's just a lot of different um things that you can teach your kids national parks you i mean all the different things that we do um are educational we actually do more of like um regular homeschool we have curriculum um we have a whole podcast on that so listen to that for all that but um think that out if you're taking kids yeah when you're on the road and if you're going to do that type of schooling you kind of you kind of form your um things that you do around school and what you're going to teach your kids. Yep. And then the other thing you have to think about on who's coming with you is pets. Do you have pets? If you do, maybe they will help you decide on the type of rig you're going to get or the type of traveling you're going to do. Yep. Stuff like that. You need to be prepared um, for 
pets in an RV. You need to do research on that um, because it's definitely different than just your house. Yeah. Um, you don't a, have a regular vet. Yes. Which are we found out recently that it's <laughs> next to impossible to get. It's very hard to just leave your dogs. Yeah. Like if, it, if you're in a house, it's different. You can leave your dogs and more than likely um, they're quieter. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Or like you don't have to worry about if they bark because your neighbor isn't two inches away from you. Um, so those are things to think about uh, when you have pets and you're thinking about this lifestyle. Yep. And I think that's it. So. Yeah. If you've answered enough pros here and you're going to get on the road, then maybe you should go listen to the other two podcasts, the one why you shouldn't RV. Actually, the other 42. Yeah, they all are good. But uh, the two, the 37 why, um, where we discuss why you shouldn't RV, make sure that doesn't scare you away. Number 30, that was 37. 32 is uh, the questions people ask us. Yep. And that'll give you a ton of different answers and different things to think about as well if you're thinking about this life. For sure. I'd say just do it. Yeah, or you just pull the trigger and do it. It's worth it. Yep. I think we're going to do a gear review today. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Who doesn't love new gear or fun gadgets? Let us share with you what's new to us. And loved. In the RV, our Jeep, and our new tech. So our gear review, what are we going to review, guys? Our Garmin watches. All four of us have Garmin watches, and we've now had them for quite a few months. I think eight months. Yeah, we love them. Yeah, I love mine. I use my all the features on mine. Yeah, my watch is on my arm. All day and all night, and I take it off only to charge, which is probably not good, but (laughs) I'm obsessed. Sometimes I take it off when I shower, but maybe just take it off and wash it so it doesn't smell, (laughs) then I put it back on. Kristen and I have the Garmin Instinct. Mm -hmm. It's like a GPS watch, has all kinds of different fitness trackers, and... So hold on. I actually... Let me back up. I had a Samsung Galaxy watch as well, and... I actually wanted something that did not connect to my phone. This does connect to the phone, but it's it's more of um It's very limited. Yeah. It's very limited of what it does and it doesn't have like the flashiness of the Samsung Galaxy Watch. I wanted something a lot more simpler and um less flashy cuz I just mm-hmm. wanted it to, to go on my arm and I wanted it to track me when I wanted it to track me and I wanted it to you know, just do the basic things. Tell me time at all times. I didn't want to have to, like, get Wake the screensaver up. off and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's why we went with this one. It's a very basic, very basic watch. Um, but it does everything we need, and we love it a lot. So anyways, uh, what else about our watches? I really like that it you can, like, go in and select, you know, your if you're on a hike or whatever, you can mm-hmm. select it. It will track you, and you can download the maps into... There's different Garmin apps you can download. So there's, like, this one called Explore, which you can see your map in the app, which is kind of cool. There's Garmin Connect, which actually just connects everything from your watch. So it'll it'll keep track of your heartbeat and sleep steps and sleep and all of that, which is great to see all those things. Yep. I also really like... So I was sold on the Instagram thing. I know you've seen them. They're the, uh, I think it's like the Conqueror challenges or whatever. Um, You see them a lot on Instagram ads. And they're just fun, like, virtual hikes that you can do. And you get an award at the end of it. Well, you can manually go in and add in your miles or your steps or whatever. But I actually have it set up so when we hike my watch will manually put it, or not manually, automatically, automatically send it to the Conquer app yep. and keep track of my little hikes that I do virtually. <laughs> so it's kind of fun, and it's a fun way to see all your stats. I mean, the apps are really good. The Connect app, the um, the Explore app, and then this Conquer app. Yeah. I think are great. I like the Explore app because you can download the maps you can mark waypoints, like if you're somewhere cool, uh, mark a waypoint and then track yourself. 
Yep, I do like that as well. We've we've been um, marking some of our boondocking spots. Yep, and you know, on mine, I have it set up with all kinds of different stuff: elevation, uh, compass. And you can mark your waypoint from the watch or the phone app as well. Yep. So you can actually just get into your phone app and do it. But if you're out hiking somewhere and you see something cool or you're out away from your phone, you can actually do it from your watch as well. Yeah. I think this is a good, you know, fairly inexpensive purchase. Yeah. These watches are great. I think they have like a newer model of these that just came out like right after we purchased ours. Um, so I don't know if you can get the specific model anymore, but the next one I'm sure is just as good. Yeah, and they have variants too, like a solar watch face and all that stuff. Yeah, we didn't do the solar. Yeah. And the girls also got one. But they are Garmin Juniors. Yeah, they're the Garmin uh, Vivo Fit 3 Junior. And what do you like about it, Lex? Um, so my watch, it's like light purple with flowers on it, but it's like cut out. It's like Like the flowers are so raised up a little bit? No, they're like cut in. Oh, mm-hmm. raised down a little bit. Yeah. What are some of the features? What do you use when you use your watch? I use my steps, my active minutes. One's actually got three hours of active minutes. Nice. <laughs> and how do you see some of that stuff? By hitting one button. Dad and yep. Mom had like a thousand, but Kyle and I just have one. Yep. So it's pretty simple to operate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it connects to the Garmin Junior app, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's an app on your phones. We also have that app on our phone so we can see, you know, what they're doing and their progress. And then they have the the Junior app. Mine is a black and purple Black Panther one, mm-hmm. Marvel. And they both have apps on their phones, and you can do challenges with each other. We actually can all do challenges mm-hmm. together. We have before. Yes, we've done those. And what's cool about that, like, so we can set up a uh, challenge on ours and connect them into ours. And yep. we can be, like, team. So let's yep. say me and mom and Kylie and dad. Yep. Yeah. And we have to do, like, percentages because dad walks, like, forever farther than us. <laughs> but But when you have Lexi on your team... She takes such a small stride that she takes, like, three times as many steps as anybody else. <laughs> it's fun, though. We've had our girls get very, very competitive. Yeah. And, you know, Lexi has told me many times at 9 p.m. at night, Mom, we got to go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go for a walk. She'll be, like, running in place gotta inside the RV. <laughs> so, yeah, they're super fun. Um, and it's a, it's a good way to keep your family active and challenge each other. And they're not like, I mean, I have the Galaxy Watch still, but like I said, it just had too much. I had to wake it up to see the time. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to like look at my watch and see the date and the time. And my heartbeat is on mine as well. Um, So that's what I see. And the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. There's so (laughs) many features on these watches. Um, Plus, mine's, I mean, both of ours, they stay charged for a really long time. Yeah, like four or five days or longer. More, no, it's more than a week usually. Yeah. I only charge mine, I feel like, every week and a half or two weeks. Um, Since we got them, I never really charged it. Well, no, you don't yours, charge yours. Yours has a battery. Yeah, yours has a battery and it stays charged. Um, And in the Junior app, um, there's like a video, but it's not actually like a video. So... It's from, like it's like animated, right? It's yeah. like animated, and, and you like um, it's like a game, almost. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a challenge for um, active minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like so that's kind of like a game, but in like where they talk, there's like another game, mm-hmm. like a fast match game, and you can change your watch faces. Yeah, I think when they get active minutes. It gives them coins and stuff. Yeah, yep. and you need to, like, move another. Yep. Or if you haven't checked your thing, you can, like, do a million. <laughs> I had that once. Nice. And uh, and uh, since mine is Marvel, my watch face is Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and that changes often, right? Does it yeah. change by itself, right? I think it does. Yeah, eventually. It hasn't, really. It changes to Ultram. Anyways, they're very cool. We'll link them in the show notes. If ours are not available, we'll link the next one because... And I'm sure it'll be just as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're a lot of fun. The kids' watches, you know, we'll when they kind of outgrow these, we will upgrade them into a more advanced one like ours because it's just really cool all the different things you can do on them. I mean, you can do everything you can do on any smartwatch now. Yeah, it's just it's more it's always on. Like the screen is always on. It looks like 
it looks like one of those old school Timex watches for guys. <laughs> I don't know is that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't about? know. It, it just, it kind of, yeah, I don't it know. It looks like an old school watch, but it's digital. They're more rugged and, looking, like, yeah. as far as the um, Well, my dad had one just like this. It was Timex. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, um, I had a G-Shock. I, the watch that this oh, replaced yeah, was my like G-Shock, yeah. yeah. But I will say, other, besides the time and date, there's at least one or two features I use on this watch every single day. What? Whether it's the heart rate or the, you know, sunrise or sunset or the compass, or altimeter. There's something that I check on it every single day. You check the compass? Yeah, sometimes. I don't believe it. You're like, a, I mean, you have a natural, like, compass inside. I know, but sometimes He's I like need a beluga to check whale. myself. <laughs> I He's use like a the compass whale. when I'm checking you. <laughs> I'm like a beluga whale? Yeah, they, they're they like the smartest marine animals, just so you guys know. Oh, thank you. That's cute. With the biggest forehead. <laughs> You don't have the biggest heart forehead, though. Anyways, I think that's a wrap for today. Yeah, I think get we're good. Get yourself a Garmin watch. Yeah. And go get yeah. your steps. They're amazing. <laughs> and, and it's not just steps and active minutes. There's a bunch of other stuff, too. Yeah, actually, there is a Garmin watch, too, that it's, like, for truckers. It's, like, the trucker version. It's actually an instinct, too, I think, like ours. Mm. But it's, like, the trucker version that tracks your miles, drive miles. Nice. So if you are RVing, maybe that's an option. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's a wrap. Follow us on the Faolas. Show notes are at thefaolas.com slash 43. And, yeah, see you next week. Bye. 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 No, you don't. I do. Oh, I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't. Because if no, you I do, don't. I... You know what? No. Don't no, know I don't what. know what. What? <laughs>
I need to my friends and the little believer earned it. Won't get people around and I believe I deserve it. No, queens ain't fate. Queens don't rule just the way she was made. Oh, I'm about to let nobody come and take me off this throne. Some girls might, but queens don't. The tallest tower. Prove that in one eye in a week. None of my pain into power. Attitude no dabbing on my cheek. Queens don't hate. Queens don't fight. Queens don't say unless the king cheats them right. Oh, I know doing my macron, I believe I never earned it. Won't keep people around, I don't believe I deserve it. No, queens ain't fake. A queen's don't rule just the way she was laid. Oh, I don't have to let nobody come and take me off this throne. Some girls might, but queens don't. Hey, just get stronger. They ain't nothing they can't conquer. Queens don't hate. Queens don't fight. Queens don't stay unless the king treats them right. Oh, I do all my crown, but a little bit blind, I earned it. Won't keep people around that bone, well, if I deserved it. No, queens ain't fate. A queens don't rule just the way she was made. Oh, I'm back to let nobody come and take me off this throne. Some girls might, but threes don't.